Thank you for checking out today's episode of the FizzCast. Tyler Aki, Tim Leonard. It is with a heavy heart that we must report Syracuse lost a non-conference game at home yesterday to Old Dominion. That happened. That was the thing that happened. Three non-conference losses. Yeah. They have not made the tournament ever with but three non-conference we're losses. We're probably going to convince you why they are making the tournament yeah, this year. Yeah, I still believe. I still think they are too. we got a lot to talk about. We've got that. Dino Babers, hopefully sticking around a little Getting longer paid. too. He, they got... They re-upped with Dino Babers, so big move for Syracuse football. Also, some breaking and developing news with the bowl game. We'll get into all that later on. And we're also going to read all your angry tweets <laughs> from the old Dominion As game. Always. I cannot wait for that. So, FizzCast, let's go. Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. From Syracuse, New York, Tim Leonard. This is the last time we will probably be recording a podcast in Syracuse, New York. Face to face. Face to face. So uh, we got a lot to get to today. Syracuse. Uh, a brutal loss against ODU. Really they, they got the Rothstein tweet. That's how you know. The epitome <laughs> of brutality. Although, did you see Rothstein's tweet last night? I think he had a little too much in really? the system. About yeah. what game? About It was about the... Oh, what game was it? Now it's... Oh, it was about the, the Gonzaga game. He oh, tweets yeah. out, Gonzaga will not face another high major program until the NCAA tournament. If Gales win the rest of their season, rest of their games, they'll be 31-2 and on Selection Sunday. Rostin loses a bye game to Twitter. <laughs> so he called Gonzaga the Gales? Yeah. That's really He mixed lethal. them up for another WCC team. Oh, man. He definitely had a, a little bit too much to A little to too drink. much in the system last night. Anyway. Yeah. Maybe he was on Old Dominion Moneyline. Who knows? <laughs> Just celebrating a little yeah. bit. So Syracuse gets the Rothstein tweet. It's okay, though. Season's not over. Everything can it's not be, over. Everything can be repaired on Tuesday. Everything. I mean, they're, like, we can get to this a little bit later, but... I think this even gives me more confidence they're going to beat Buffalo, right. as weird as that seems. Anyway, before we get to Buffalo... Yeah, let's break it down. Let's quick check us out online, orangefizz.net, also on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, at orangefizz, and subscribe to us online, orangefizz, on Apple Podcasts, you'll get all these fizzcasts, fizz radios, and plenty more, Tim Leonard, at Tim underscore Leonard 4, at Tyler Aki underscore, if you want to just find all of our thoughts on life in Syracuse and... Pretty much. Yeah. So usually we like to get these pods out on Tuesdays or Wednesdays too, but I mean, this is kind of like an emergency one. Yeah, we had to talk we, about. We had to. Dominion. We didn't. We didn't get anything out until this Sunday, and honestly, probably a good thing. Yeah, because we mean, would have just brushed over Old Dominion. I first think. of all, I mean, we had finals this week, so yeah, again, full disclosure. Sy- Syracuse didn't play this week, so we didn't pod this week until Sunday. <laughs> student athletes, student podcasters, <laughs> one and the same, but. Let's just get into this Old Dominion game. Syracuse, they blew a double-digit lead at the half. I mean, usually the the classic 2H college blitz favors the, the better team, team yeah. especially the ranked team. Just wasn't the case. It I mean, the we, we saw the blitz in Arizona State. We saw the blitz with Nevada yesterday. And Syracuse, Syracuse just didn't have the blitz in them yesterday. They got blitzed by a team out of Conference USA, 68-62 the final. And just absolutely dominated in the second half, outscored by 24 points. I mean, they just couldn't get anything going. You know, Jim roasted the centers per usual after the game. Sadie Rightfully Bay so. Chukwu. I mean, they were We got to talk about the centers real yeah. quick. Yeah. All right. They're I mean, terrible. What's, what, what's the plan at this point? Because what can you do? You can't go out there with this lineup right now of Pascal Chukwu and Barama Sidibe. They should be playing no more than 10 minutes apiece at this point because their production is just not worth it out there. I know Jim always says Marek Dolajai is not big enough to contend with... 173 pounds, (laughs) soaking wet. And he's right. He's right. He is not big enough. But I'd rather have the guy out there who's going to give me 110%. He's mobile. He can can get end-to-end in the defense. And he's just going to give you a lot more effort and mobility out on the floor than the guy who's not going to and maybe isn't as good at, or as built as... Because it's not like Pascal Chukwu is some mountain of a human. No. He's seven foot two, but he's, he's, still, skinny he's too. still skinny as well. I mean, he's he's just a four-inch taller than Marek Dolajai yeah. with a lot more length. I mean, look, he's a much better shot blocker than Marek Dolajai. He's Absolutely. a better defender. Like, you can't argue that, but 
this team is so offensively challenged right now, and they're not getting any production even from O'Shea at a consistent level. Really, it's just Tyus and Elijah that mm-hmm. have been consistent, and Hughes has had some down games as well. Tyus had some down games at the start. So point is, we know they're offensively challenged. So bring in Marek. Use his offense because he can actually like make a layup under the basket when he's open. He's he can tip back in a missed shot. He can make a jump shot. Well. He's the overall more skilled player. He adds more value to this team. And statistically, you can see when he's out there, this team's much better than when Chukwu or Sidibe are out there. And even the eye test proves that. So the thing, too, I think, I mean, I bring up the facilitating thing. And, and here's the reason why. Pascal Chukwu so far this season has not made a single assist. That's really and, hard and to do. And, and that's hard to do, but at the same time, you're not necessarily expecting that out of your offensively challenged center. But, I mean, no assists through, what What are we through now? How many games? Ten games? Ten games? Yeah. Ten games. Not a single assist. I think, like, you would just happen just to fall into one. Right. Like... Under the basket at like some point. You get point. a, you get a re- offensive rebound, you kick it out, someone hits a three. That's the thing. There's no inside-outside game. It's four guys standing around the perimeter, and it's usually like Hughes on one side, Battle on the other, Howard up top, Brissette is kind of flashing around the middle, but they just bring out a ball screen and don't get anything going. We've seen this offense for years now, but there's no sense of inside game. It's can battle or Brissett drive and get inside, and then maybe Chukwu will tip in a rebound here and there, but they're never getting him the ball in the post or getting any sort of inside game right now, and really they can't afford to try and go inside because those guys don't have any post moves, Sidibe and Chukwu. If they had like a Rakeem Christmas down low, this team could be really special. I really yeah. think that's like the missing piece right now. And that's and why I know Isaiah early. Stort would be huge. Yes. I mean, it's always big when you get a five-star right. big man to come in, but... Let me just reel off a stat from yesterday. So, Sidibe and Chukwu combined to play 32 minutes. They have seven rebounds. Dolajai plays 21 minutes, gives you six rebounds and two assists. Hustle. And uh, Sidibe and Chukwu each with zero points. Dolajai with two, but... I can't remember a time this year where I've actually seen Chukwu or Sidibe, like... Back to the basket, post up. I mean, I don't. I know they don't really post up in their style of offense, but even just make a play where I was like, oh, nice, like, righty jump hook there. Nice play inside. Right. They showed off some scale. Like, that's a good low post move they have in their arsenal. They just don't do that. They don't score outside of a wide-open dunk or a putback or something like that, and even Chukwu misses some wide-open dunks. A lot sometimes. of wide-open dunks. Yeah. Alley-oops have been a problem with him. Yeah. It's just... It should not be a problem. With he's, him. Seven he's seven one, foot, seven, the tallest player in Syracuse basketball history. Right, and that's the other thing. They already have tons of size on this team. So if you take away Chukwu and you put in Marek, like we know he's six ten, he's lengthy. So you you still have a long team. You've still got one of the longest teams in the NCAA, especially with Frank at the top now and him back healthy. He's six five, one of the tallest point guards. So you're not sacrificing that much size. It's not like you're giving up a lot of size in your defense by bringing in Marek, and you're getting way more offense. So, okay, you bring up Frank, and I think we've hit on the big man enough so far. Basically, you and I are in agreement that this should be Marek's team. Yeah. At center. Yeah. Now, the point guard situation is something that has been very criticized as well. Howard, probably his best game of the year. It's, which is sad. Which is sad. Really sad. Nine points, six assists. Two of seven shooting. How uh, many turnovers do you have? Three turnovers. Yeah. Um, Carey's been turning it over a good amount, too, though, which right. he's Car- a freshman. So Carey only one turnover, though, yesterday, so not bad. He also had four points. But, I mean, I, yesterday was a game that Frank Howard needed to step up, oh, and yeah. he didn't in the big moment. Well, he had that full week off, so right. he had and, all and that J- time Jim to Jim even rest. said, I'm going to give him a week. Yeah. He has a week. To Frank is... I the grace period's over. We've talked about this. The grace period's been over for about a year. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm talking about the return from right. injury grace period. So if he's not corrected by the end of non-conference slate, Jim's going to go to Jalen Carey to start. I mean, and he's going to give him more minutes. And I don't even think Carey's been that exceptional, but he has proven when Frank was out of the lineup, he can at least give you some offense. At MSG, he was tremendous when right. he got a lot of minutes. And remember, so. a couple of years ago, too, 
It was kind of the same situation. I mean, John yeah. Gill, granted, he was a grad transfer, not a freshman, but essentially still a freshman. And that made the difference in that season. Right. I mean, and they still didn't make the tournament that year, but they started playing much better once they said, all right, Gillen's our guy, he's our point guard, and they made that change. Right. It just looked like a more fluid offensive team. Now, defensively, there was a letdown, but Jalen Carey is much bigger and much better defensively than John Gillen was. Yeah. And it just... It makes too much sense at this point because Carey has looked like the better player. And Frank Howard, you're going out there playing 32 minutes. I mean, he shot his first free throws of the season yesterday. He's just passive. He looks passive out there. He's not attacking. Keep in mind, he got four of his nine points all in one play. Right. And he, he, he made play. two threes yesterday. He missed the three at the very end with like 20 right. seconds and, and left. And that's, that's something, too. He's got to know. That's not his shot to take. Yeah, I mean, at that point in the game, it was probably over. And they were just sort of looking for any sort of three. They were down six, I think, like 20 seconds left. So he happened to be the one open. But, yeah, I mean, he's not – you want battle shooting that shot, especially or the Elijah. way he's played. Yeah. One of the two. I mean, Elijah Hughes, kind of an under-the-radar game yesterday, 15 points, and shot the ball pretty well, 2 of 4 from That's 3. That's what's staggering. Battles back to 100%. I mean, he played every minute in that mm-hmm. game against Old Dominion, and he looks like the alpha dog that we know he can be. Like, his NBA draft stock is now rising. Brissett's is slipping, definitely, and there were some funny tweets about that. But <laughs> Elijah Hughes is playing great. So if you would have gone into the season and said, we got Elijah Hughes averaging roughly 15 points per game, playing like 32 minutes a game, and shooting the ball well from beyond the arc, you've got Tyus, who looks like an even more improved self from his sophomore year, and you're still already at three non-conference losses and you've got three non-conference games to go, I would have been baffled. Because Elijah seemed to be that, like, extra ingredient to the offense that they were missing last year, and they've added him, and he's been as advertised or even better than advertised, but they just don't have any center play, and they just can't get O'Shea to be consistent. So we mentioned three non-conference losses. Now, I think we kind of have to put a disclaimer on this. UConn and Oregon, I mean, UConn neutral site without yeah. Frank Howard, probably not going to look too bad end of season. Oregon neutral site, no Frank Howard, also probably not going to look too bad end it, of season. It was a tougher non-conference. It, this was normal. one of the tougher. But you do pick up a win against Ohio State, a true road game. Yes. In dominating huge. fashion. To me, I think that negates everything that happened at MSG. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's like... You I mean, that was about, a ranked team, a ranked Ohio State team. Number one, some might say, yeah, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's the guy, Graham Couch, Graham that Couch, was yep. the AP voter that was so in on road teams and right. left the top three teams out of his AP poll because they hadn't played a true road test? I think college basketball in general is starting to realize a win on the road means a lot, and that has left Syracuse out of the tournament in the past mm-hmm. or even hurt their resume. But they have that Ohio State true road win, and that's only going to look better as the season goes on. I mean, Ohio State's a legit team. They're they gonna beat play, them at their place. They could win the Big Ten this year. Yeah, I mean, it's not on Probably realistic. not the regular season, but they could win the tournament. Sure. I mean, they're a Michigan's tournament team. Michigan's obviously going to be a team that will give them some fits, but I think they match up well with Michigan. The, the weird thing is, I think if they beat Buffalo, I mean, they're firmly – they're still inside the NCAA tournament right now. Right. just because of where they started and all that. But if they beat Buffalo, they're completely fine because you've yes. still got a good win over a top 15 team, which Buffalo's mm-hmm. probably going to be favored in that game now. Right. You've got a road win over Ohio State, which is a legit win, and then you'll still get like a St. Bonaventure win maybe and some other Northeastern might pan out to be somewhere in what would have been like a quadrant three range if they were still doing that basis. So. And then, obviously, they're going to win games in the ACC at home. Right. That happens every year. They'll pull off a dome upset at home, and they'll mm-hmm. get some wins in the ACC. So, really, they're completely fine. To say I'm, that they're not going to make the tournament, I think, is just a complete it's way too premature. Way too premature in the season. And this Buffalo game, again, it would negate anything that happened against Old Dominion, and then some. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how I felt with Ohio State and UConn. It negated that game and then some, because, I mean, this is a, a really good Buffalo team. This is one of the best yeah. teams in the entire country, yeah. and they've looked impressive so far. They pulled off a win this weekend against SIU. Now they've got a tough stretch ahead. They go to Syracuse and then to Marquette. 
Wow. Those are two tough road games. They already beat West Virginia at third place. So this is some big road games for them. If they can split one and one on that trip, they could sneak into the top ten. Maybe, yeah. I mean, obviously they need some help, but... Right. They could sneak into I mean, the top ten. I mean, they'll at least stay where they are. I think two and zero oh definitely puts them in the top ten. I think. Oh yeah, but oh, definitely yeah. One and one, I think, certainly could get them there. I just like this Buffalo team to do a lot of damage. Uh, they're going to win the MAC. They're going to be even if they slip up in the ch- conference championship game or the conference they'll tournament. Large, yeah. They'll be an at-large team, no doubt in my mind. And, I mean. We'll get into kind of what we saw against SIU because I think there's a very important takeaway from that game. Right. But, I mean, this Buffalo win would be colossal. This is a, an ESPN2 game. You are looking at, I mean, Buffalo has kind of taken over as New York State's best team. <laughs> and yeah, it's sad. sad to say, but they have. This is. These last two years. It would be classic Syracuse to win this game. And I mm-hmm. think that's why we both think they will bounce back and win this game. It would not only negate the old Dominion thing and, and sort of get you back, not on schedule because they were you know a top 25 team and they wouldn't be ranked, I don't think, if they win against Buffalo still. They're, they're going to fall out of the rankings after old Dominion. But mm-hmm. it would put you like slightly below schedule and slightly behind, which is still well on track to make the NCAA tournament if yeah. you get this Buffalo win. Now, if they don't get the Buffalo win... Maybe we're we're starting to think about the bubble a little bit more, but even still, that one year when we were, we were talking about John Gillen and the Tyler mm-hmm. Lighting year when they were preseason top 25, they almost still made the tournament and arguably should have made the tournament that year, and they had, what, six non-conference losses? Like, I think we're, we see the number three, and, and that's a little misleading because in the ACC now, it's a little bit different. You can lose four or five, especially how Syracuse played a pretty tough schedule this year. And they still got some decent wins, and they'll have that win over Ohio State and still be fine. I mean, those this year, beating an Ohio State and then potentially beating a Buffalo team, those are going to be two of the better non-conference wins in the country. Yeah. When you when you think about the rest down. of the... I mean, a couple other teams have some really big ones, but when you look at teams with two quality non-conference wins, if you, take, if you stack them up, I'm sure there's... Someone who's beaten a couple of top. I know Kansas has beaten a couple of top ten Tennessee, teams. Tennessee, well, Zaga they beat Tennessee too. and they beat Michigan State. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's this is going to go down as the Syracuse slate for the in terms of top two non conference wins. Syracuse is going to be right up there in the top ten no, in terms of quality of wins. What do we call it? The tournament challenge wins. Tournament or, challenge wins. Yeah, your ESPN tournament challenge wins. Two very the, quality these are ones. going to be on the slate, and we are just sort of assuming that they beat Buffalo with this whole thing, but that's the hypothetical scenario we're playing out right now. If they beat Buffalo, they'll be fine. And we should mention, Old Dominion, they might not make the tournament, but they were a legit team. Like, right. I think the, the most shocking part about the game was that Syracuse blew the halftime lead, and they were up 10 at half. Yeah, I think that's the only thing you can be disappointed about. Right. With I went Dominion. into the game thinking, this is going to be close, Syracuse plays close games. They don't really blow out anyone. I guess they blow out Northeastern, but this is a different Old Dominion team. They have a good defense. They're physical. They can match them with their size, all that. And I thought, this is kind of a trap game. It could be kind of close. At halftime, if you would have said, will Syracuse win? I mean, like everyone else, I would have said, oh, yeah, they're going to blow them out and continue this pace, the momentum they got on that run at the end of the first half and win by 15 or 20. But that's not to say that Old Dominion could make the tournament. They were projected to finish third in the Conference USA. Not a great conference, but I think they're proving that they're a legit team. They've played pretty well in the non-con so far. They're on a six-game winning streak, and they clearly played well yesterday. It was a lot of Syracuse shooting themselves in the foot, and they should never lose to an Old Dominion. But this isn't your everyday mid-major team. They were kind of on the brink of an upset. One of the best defensive teams in the country, too. Yeah, and I mean, for Syracuse to score 62 points against one of the best defensive teams in the country when you know you're offensively challenged, right? not terrible. I, I don't think the offense is to blame in this game. I think it really is the defense. Everyone wants to get up in arms about how bad the offense has been this year. Well, the defense lets you down. so many points on the table with the free throw shooting. They right, missed 12 right. free throws. And Jim so, Beheim said that after the game. But if you're yeah. going to let a Conference USA team come in, blitz you in the second half with 45 points... That's yeah. on the defense, not on the offense. Yeah. The offense, I think, played well enough to win yesterday. 
It, it wasn't eh. pretty, but they played well enough to win. Yeah, to beat Old Dominion. To beat but Old Dominion. You're not going to beat many. I mean, they need to The improve. defense did not. I mean, it looked good. You looked really good in the first half. You held this team to 23 points. And then the yeah. second half, B.J. Stith just went off. He got all 18 of his points. And I figured, like, if anything, Syracuse would lose its lead in the second half because of foul trouble, especially the way O'Shea got three fouls in, like, the first 15 minutes of the game. You were thinking, okay, maybe he picks up a fourth early in the second half and ODU can kind of take advantage of that and they'll have to play Buddy Bayheim or stuff like that. Which, by the way, it just seems like Buddy is being completely phased out of the lineup. And, and I think I mean, he's done nothing too. to right. prove that he deserves minutes. Yeah, he really he's, he's gotten five or six minutes in the last two games combined, Georgetown and Old Dominion. Wouldn't be surprised if he just doesn't see the floor against Buffalo, given how much urgency is now on that game. And now you're looking at eight guys. And it's funny because at the start of the season, we were thinking maybe 10, 11, 10, 11 Howard Washington, Braswell. They're already out of the lineup. Buddy's probably heading that way. I think there's a world where Barama Sidibe might not be playing in the ACC play. Just because you go to Marek as your backup center and you say, okay, we're just going to go a little bit small when Pascal's not out there. So here's here's kind of what I'm thinking now. Uh, let, let's move into this Buffalo game. Against Buffalo, you have to play the guys who are the toughest out there. And just the way that Buffalo plays, it's gritty. They get in your jersey. Yeah, it's like Old Dominion. 40 minutes of hell. And that's right. what they're going to give you every single night. And in this game, if you are not a quality ball handler and if you cannot protect the basketball, you are going to lose. And you're not just going to lose. You're going to lose by 10, 15 points. Right. Because if if they turn you over... I mean, I'm watching this game against Southern Illinois yesterday. Devontae Jordan took four charges in the first 23 minutes. It's if like you Brad are out Davidson. of control, yeah, exactly. Except these were actual charges. <laughs> if, if you are out of control, and if you are not controlling the tempo of the game and the pace and, and your body control, they are going to turn you over like no other. Yeah. And it, it's going to be embarrassing. Breaking news, that guy just <clears throat> transferred to Duke. Coach right. K just courted him. <laughs> mid-season transfer. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we do have to get to some mid-season yeah, transfers. So... I just think that, you, I mean, this team is going to give you trouble. I mean, you saw it last year. It looked like Syracuse was going to run away with it, and then Buffalo snuck back into the game and really gave They're Syracuse a run. They are way better than last year. They are way better than last year. Everyone last year, pretty much, that was good on that team was a junior. They're all seniors now. Yeah. They beat Arizona. They right. They gave Kentucky a solid game. And the weird thing is, we'll talk about what type of deep. I mean, obviously, the 2-3 zone matches up pretty well against Buffalo. We'll get into that, but... there's been some talk about Syracuse should be pressing a little bit more maybe, and they went to that out of desperation with like two, three minutes left against Old Dominion. It worked a lot against, you know, Eastern Washington, Moorhead State, teams like It works against teams with only two ball handlers. Yeah. I don't think that's a good option against Buffalo because they just defiled the West Virginia press. I mean, they took care of that like it was nothing. And I know they were game planning for that and such, but if they did that to West Virginia, which is press Virginia, they're known for that, and Mm -hmm. everything that's their style, then I don't think Syracuse should do it. Even though they've had success against some of these really low-tier mid-majors, I don't think you're going to that out of desperation. I just saw that was a thought out there, and I don't agree with it, particularly for this Buffalo game. There's no need to try and throw that wrinkle in right now. So if you want another sign of optimism from that Southern Illinois game, Salukis threw a zone at them. They threw Salukis. a 2-3 zone at them, and Buffalo looked lost. Right. They could not score the basketball. They were going long, scoreless droughts against that Saluki zone. And you got to imagine, even though they were preparing for SIU and they're not preparing for a zone, they were preparing for Syracuse too. Because you've got two games in three days. And yeah. you got to be start to think that, okay. They had already practiced a little bit. They practiced a bigger game. Right. It's the bigger game on your schedule. That game's also on the road, too, so you know you're going to have a travel day as well that you're going to have to fit in. Granted, it's not far at all, but right. they're preparing for Syracuse at the same time, and they're preparing for that zone, and they could not do anything against SIU. And I'm listening to the game, and the one of the commentators just starts saying, SIU dropped out of their zone. Like They, they just stopped playing at a certain point. And it was working really and well. It was working really well, and that's when Buffalo extended its lead. So, but. Buffalo, I think the final score in that game was only like eight points was the difference. 
but Buffalo was up by like 19 points, 15 points for most of that game. Then yeah. the Salukis get into a zone. They drop that lead down to six. Then they drop out of the zone, and then Buffalo extends <laughs> the lead back to double digits. And then they realize, wait, the zone was working. They get back into it, and then they pull it within six, and that's why they only lost by eight. Yeah, I mean, I think they win this game because they're going to come out. Physicality. That Syracuse or Buffalo? Oh, Syracuse okay. is going to be Buffalo. Like we're saying. I think just because the way they lost to Old Dominion, it's that classic, like, all right, we're hungry, revenge game, all that. There's a, a level of desperation. Yeah, there's desperation. Like it was against Ohio State. That felt like a must win. This kind of feels like a must win. I mean, it's at mm-hmm. home. You don't want to drop back-to-back games. Don't should be rocking. Yeah, but at, at the same time, like after the product they put out against Old Dominion, I don't know if you really want to go see them lose right. to a team that shouldn't I'll even say be this. It, near if, you. If you're on the fence, if you have tickets to this game, maybe you're a season ticket holder and you're on the fence, you better go to this game. Yeah, they need because it. Because A, they, they really need you. Need it. And, and B, you want to see Buffalo. The Buffalo's loyal, a fun team. The loyal fans that listen to the Fizzcast and listen to and support Orange Fizz, I'm sure they're all going to be at this game. They, We're talking to this loyal was, fans here. I remember when we did our basketball season preview, we said this was one of the... The ticket games. That yeah. If you have tickets, you've got to go to this game. It's it's going to be a close game, but I do think Syracuse wins because they're going to be hungry. They're going to not get outworked in this game. After And they got a little outworked. I mean, that's just point blank. They're going to get out after but maybe not outworked. Right. If that makes sense. I, I think physicality-wise, they will not back down. And Chukwu maybe bounces back just because Bayheim lights a little fire under his ass. I don't know. Frank needs to step up. I would say we get a good game from Frank. He breaks through. The offense starts humming. They get out to an early lead, and they win by really? like five or six. So you think this is a good Frank game? Yeah. Because I think, I think this is going to be an atrocious Frank game. <laughs> like I'm, I'm thinking six turnovers. Just because Buffalo State. The, the, it may, he may not get to six turnovers just because Jim will say, I've seen enough. And ops for carry if frank plays like that there's no way they win frank, i don't think carry can save the day i, I don't no, think you don't he's think he can yet. do it offensively because i well, think he can i think he still turns over the ball like right if, but his turnovers are aggressive going to the hole they're different his turnovers will be because of a, a charge or something like that and yeah, i mean you never know you get the home the home court whistle had, too where some of those charges <laughs> turn the blocks could yeah, be one of right. those games look jalen's outplayed frank so far i think we can all agree on that but he had one pass yesterday to Tyus with, like, 10 minutes left in the second half. And it was, like, right by the Syracuse bench. Like, Tyus is three feet away, and he threw it, like, two feet to the right of him out of bounds. And it's like, I get you're a freshman that's sloppy. You know, that was kind of an outlier. You've been pretty good overall. You are playing with a lead at that point, too. Yeah, but just, like, come on, man, focus. I, I think there's still some turnover tendencies with him, and knowing that, if Frank plays bad and it's like, all right, freshman, we need this must-win game against the top 15 team. I know you've scored like 10 points in the last four games combined and haven't really made anything from the floor except for one, you know, three with the shot clock going. It was a huge three against Georgetown, but mm-hmm. he got a little lucky as as Beheim liked to bring up. But I don't know. It's a big big stage for him. He's proven that he can deliver on the big stages. But if Frank plays bad in this game, I don't see them winning. I really don't. Yeah. Okay. Enough of the current point guards. Let's talk about a guy who maybe, probably not, but I think it's worth mentioning, could be a potential future point guard for Syracuse. Mm-hmm. So, in case you haven't heard, big news in college basketball this week, Quad A Green is transferring from Kentucky midseason. He'll be eligible at the start of the middle of next season. So he right. can play in the 2019-2020 season after the first semester finishes which is around the winter break time. So it's he would of, be able to play in this Buffalo game, technically. Right, if, it had, if, it, yeah. if this were next year. It's exactly what Jordan Tucker did at Duke last right. year. And we're actually going to talk about Jordan yes. Tucker later on today. <laughs> but It's a tease. So he's he's out of Kentucky, and uh, along with him, there's also some rumblings that Javon Quinterly may, may want out. Some yeah. cryptic Instagram posts from Javon Quinterly where he, he posted an Instagram story saying second choice for a reason, that being in reference to Villanova and the fact that he actually wanted to go to Arizona but pretty much couldn't because of the sanctions right. that he thought were inbound and didn't want to play Two under that. five-star guys that Syracuse was after. Quade right. definitely showed more allegiance to Syracuse right. and more of an affinity there, but 
Quinterly is probably going to be on the block. I mean, he's getting, like, trillions at Villanova right now. Yeah. He's playing hardly any minutes, which is shocking. Mm-hmm. A lot of freshmen have struggled this year. A lot of these high-profile yeah. freshmen just aren't getting opportunity. Yeah, Nazir Little is surprisingly not in the starting lineup. Yeah, Grimes has really struggled. really struggled after. He had a really good first game, but he's struggled a lot since that first game with Kansas. Right. It's no. early. Yeah, no, it's certainly still early, but let's talk about what Quade Green... I th- let's stress more on Green because I think he seems like the more plausible option. Now, yeah. a lot of rumors circling that he's going to end up at Washington, go with Hop. Again, He Hop wasn't his main recruiter at Syracuse, but... It was GMAC, right? I believe it was GMAC, yeah. yes. Um, but at the same time, you still meet those coaches, you develop those relationships. Right. He's got a relationship with a head coach somewhere, someone who believed in him, who would have liked to have him on his team, and then things just went different ways for both of them. So I just don't understand. And we saw some pretty vile tweets on our Twitter. <laughs> right. The Fizz account, Traitor. I'm not going to say we've gotten attacked, but... Don't shoot the messenger. Well, it's a polarizing topic. Yeah. We're we're just throwing out the news, all right? And and then you can take it how you want, but... I mean, the poll was 50-50. The poll was 50-50. So if anyone wants to... I mean, we threw out the poll, should Quad A Green... Or should Syracuse go after Quad A Green again, Mm -hmm. basically? And it was dead on 50-50, like 500 votes. 50.1 to 49.9 in favor of no. All right, so. so... I to mean, me, though, I mean, I just don't understand. You can never have enough guard depth. You can never have enough talent on your team. He's a five-star guy. He's a dude. five-star guy. Yeah. And he's he's a pretty good three-point shooter. He's shooting about 40, a little over 40% this year from deep. Granted, yeah. the sample size is nearly as big. But I just don't understand why you wouldn't want to add a guy like Quade Green to your roster. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, and same with Quinterly, too. I think... There's very little chance that they actually acquire Quad A Green or Quinterly and, for that matter, and get Quinterly to transfer to Syracuse. I, I would say this is just kind of like a hypothetical, almost like morally, should Syracuse go after a guy that they thought they had and then they didn't get him and he went somewhere else? I I just don't think there's as much bad blood there as people are making nah, it out to be. No, nah, there's no bad blood on. I mean, who knows really if Quad A was that close to going to Syracuse. We know that Kentucky kind of swooped in last minute, kind of like the Jordan Tucker situation with Duke, but was he ever like, yeah, Coach Beheim like, shook his hand, I'm going there? No, I don't think so. I mean, there was no real con- confirmation of that, and it's tough to say. We can only go off hearsay with these situations. Right. So it's likely that there's not that much bad blood. Maybe he'll reach out or Syracuse will reach out and there will be some chatter between the two teams. There is a role that he could play. He's a guard in this day and age. That can help you regardless. I don't care who's on the roster. He's a five-star dude that can shoot it from outside. They need offense right now. They'll need it next year. They'll need it in two years, mm-hmm. so forth. So he would help out this team. So would Quinterly. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I just I don't see why you, if he came reaching out, I don't see why you would turn him down. Or at least entertain the offer. I know you've got a lot of guards on right. scholarship these next couple of years, but you got to remember too: you can flex Buddy out of a scholarship, potentially. That's true. And and make him a walk on, and that does nothing. And then along with that, you got to remember just the fact that, I mean, Quade Green would be the most talented player right. on the roster. Plus, next is year, Howard probably. Washington going to transfer? Like, what's what that could we... also happen? That could also free up another spot. Are we comfortable saying? Hey Howard, now that you're an upperclassman, like you're good. Like, do we want Howard Washington as the starting point guard his senior year, or would we rather, you know, have someone else if you're Syracuse? Exactly. It's, he hasn't really proven much. He's been. I mean, hurt. He's, he hasn't had the opportunity to prove he's much. He's not going to play enough games this year to register a season. He he will have redshirt ability. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he <laughs> he's played what two games? Three games, I believe. Right. Yeah, he'll, he'll be able to redshirt unless and then, and Terry this, or Howard get hurt. This is non-conference play we're talking about. Right. So he's not going to touch the floor in ACC play right. at this rate. Exactly. And I, I just I think he's probably closer on the way out than he is to the rotations. So. I mean, the only reason that you would say no, I guess, to Quade or Quinterly or whoever in this situation is if you got sort of like your eyes on a 2020 guard that's giving you Out some good world, vibes yeah. and, and you've really got an affinity for him and he's the perfect size for the zone and fits everything that you're looking for and so forth but no one really comes to mind from 2020 i mean they're after 
I think Scotty it's, Barnes it's already committed. Too, it's, yeah. it's, early. it's way too early. Yeah. All right. Enough basketball. I th- let's segue <laughs> into football, unless you've got any last basketball. No, I, I think, I mean, they're playing like a football school right now, so yeah. let's talk about football. All right. So, Syracuse taking on West Virginia, Camping World Bowl. We know that. But the big news of the week Dino Babers getting that extension. There's no numbers or dollars behind it quite yet. All we know is that it's supposedly well into the future. Well into the future. Which can mean a number of things. That can mean three years. That can mean seven years. I would say at least I'm three, guessing he's four got years. five. Yeah. I, I, I would lean towards five or six. Can they just tell us already? I know, yeah. Can, I mean, can someone it, leak this? It'll, it'll come out sooner or later. But yeah. regardless, this is huge for the program. I mean, Dino Babers, you got the job done. You've proven that you can make this team a, a 10-win team, and he's got a chance to do it Gave now for evidence. real. Yeah, he's finally given you the evidence. We, As the, the tweet said, <laughs> you guys had the faith. Now he's given you the evidence. Well worked. And, and this, is job, a, this is perfect timing for this extension. It's right before National Signing Day. You're going to get a couple more guys to probably pile on in, maybe even some upper-level guys, but... I'm just I'm very excited of what's to come with Dino Babers. Now we have to throw out the disclaimer: just because he re-ups does not mean yeah. that he can't bolt. You but can be under contract and still leave. I think if they didn't re-sign him this year, a you might lose out on some recruits on Wednesday for National Signing Day coming up this week, and right. you also might just be in even more jeopardy if Syracuse were to not re-sign him this year. They do another nine and three caliber season, kind of stay on the same trajectory. I mean, if you're going nine and three in a, in a low level Power Five school, you're going to get swooped up by yes. one of the big dogs. Yeah. So if he did it again, and they hadn't already given him a contract extension, then instead of a school like I don't know what what school do you think? I mean, he said that he didn't get any phone calls and so forth, but maybe he would he would get a call from a Florida State level school next mm-hmm. year or I don't know USC UCLA something like that and they right. lucked out that not a lot of openings were really too enticing for right. him to go to I, even if he I mean who knows if he even would have entertained it regardless but mm-hmm. it was a good situation that there weren't many power five schools available but maybe there's gonna be way more available because there weren't that many available this year. In the following year, after another good season, if they hadn't re-upped him, they were in jeopardy next year. So they had to get it done this summer, or this offseason, rather. And they did that, and now not only are they giving a more showing loyalty to recruits and giving recruits more of a appealing offer, they're also locking up Dino and giving him more stability in the future and knowing that there's a little bit more of a guarantee. He could bolt, but it's, it's less likely. Yeah, it's... I think this contract is probably going to be sizable enough to the point where it would probably take either a, a perennial top 10 team to have a job, op- maybe f- top 15 yeah. team to have a job opening, or the NFL take comes lot. calling. I'm sure they paid him a lofty amount. And that yeah. might be partially why they haven't really revealed the X's and O's and the dollars behind it. And they don't have to because it's a private university. One way or another, I think we're going to find out in the short term, maybe long term. Regardless, we will probably get some sort of figure on it, and I think it's very high, and it deserves to be high based right. on what Dino's done. He's done an unbelievable job so far. Now, let's segue this into National Signing Day because this has some implications now. National Signing Day, the early period, comes this Wednesday. We've got all the bases covered. I'm, yes. I'm excited for this yep. year's National Signing Day. It's FISMAS. FISMAS coming early, and... We're gonna have, uh, we're hopefully gonna talk to as many recruits as we can. We'll have the the same jazz as we always do. We'll have our thread on our website orangefizz.net, and then we will also have a lot more with um, our SoundCloud too. We'll have all the interviews and good stuff yeah. like that. It's fun and, to listen back to those interviews. Not yeah, to like, cut you off, but we had like Taj Harris. Taj we had the Harris, whole recruiting class last Andre year. Cisco. So. Cisco. I mean. We were joking about his Twitter handle. It's cool if, if you have some time. I recommend listening back. Even go back two, three years on the Fizz page, and you can find like a Zaire Franklin one or something. And it's cool to see that there was so much unknown with these guys, and they all kind of became very familiar to us in the next coming years. Changes yeah, quickly. Exactly. But we're going to hopefully have all of that for you this week. So that'll, that'll be fun. That's coming up Wednesday. But let's just talk about the one big story. I think there's really just one major one. Yeah. 
and it's Adisa Isaac. This guy would be one of the biggest Syracuse gets in recent memory, and he's a a defensive end. you got to start to look at some of his other offers that he's mulling. He's basically cut it down to four schools, Um, the other ones being some pretty big schools, A&M, Miami, and Penn State. Three yeah. solid schools, but no, like, Alabama, right. Auburn, mm-hmm. I don't know, LSU. It's like, I could see him picking Syracuse just right. on the face value of that. Now, now we have to throw in the fact that he is the number one player in New York. He's a Brooklyn kid. And four-star, top 80, top I think he's 70. 76, yeah. But it depends on where you look. But To put that in perspective... DeVito was an ESPN 300 guy. And he was a barely, he barely, barely scrapes in. Right, yeah. and quarterbacks get a little bit more of a bump, too. So you're looking at this would be on 24-7 sports. They've had a couple guys in the past five or six years right around four-star 87, 88 in ranking. Mm-hmm. It's been DeVito. Trill Williams was around that ranking. Mm-hmm. He was a four-star guy. Really, like, no more than you can count on one hand. Three or four in the mm-hmm. past Six, seven years at 87, 88 ranking. This dude's like in 96. The 90s. I've yeah. got it up right now. 96. Yeah. yeah. So he is by far a bigger recruit than Tommy DeVito, just in terms of ratings. He's not a quarterback, which means a little less when you're a defensive end. But still, you're talking about a guy that could be the next Chandler Jones or something right. if he came. So when you look at the options here, Miami kind of seems like a program in turmoil right now. Yeah, they are not heading in the right direction. They lost Cornelius Nunn. They after did. He did the whole mm-hmm. decommit, commit, decommit, mm-hmm. commit. <laughs> Respect the five decisions. Right. A um, and M. Jimbo's starting to maybe build something there, so that that's yeah. certainly could... a long way from home though for him. Right. I mean, all these kind all of these, yeah. Penn State a little closer. Yeah. Penn State kind of seems like the the leader in the clubhouse right now. Right. I what don't is, know uh, the Crystal exact... Ball. Is Crystal anything? Ball has them at Penn State. Okay. Now. I don't trust the way I don't either. <laughs> now the way I see it too is Penn State. I don't know what their defensive tackles or defensive end situation is right now. For Syracuse, Isaac probably doesn't start his first year. You've got two returning defensive ends and Kendall Coleman he would and get, Alton Robinson. He but gets some playing time though. He definitely Third gets PT. Whatever. Right. He's not battling with anyone for that backup role. In all likelihood. Yeah. He is pre- a pretty clear. Number two, and then say someone gets hurt, you're pretty happy having him. I think him he becomes your, yeah. the most talented player on the defense. Most oh, he definitely does. Most talented player yeah. on the team, maybe, mm-hmm. if he Absolutely. signs. And you you bring that in, and you say, okay, listen, Adisa, you're probably not going to play as many snaps as you would like in your first year, but you're probably not playing as many snaps as you would like at any of these other places either. No. I'd say you get more playing time at right. Syracuse than any of the other places. You're a guaranteed second stringer. Also, there's definitely something you in the water. You may be redshirting at, something else, at some of these yeah. other schools. There's definitely something in the water with the defensive ends and defensive line at Syracuse that they can put out that product to him as an appealing sort of factor to this because not only... I mean, I brought up Chandler Jones earlier. There's a history there, but mm-hmm. just the way Kendall Coleman... And, I mean, this whole team really has gone from sort of some under-the-radar guys. Alton Robinson was, what, like 77, 76 yeah, overall? He was a, a JUCO tr- transfer. Yeah. Right. He was a nobody, and Syracuse took a chance on him, and they make him into an all-ACC player. So what could they do with Isaac, who was – he's clearly a somebody right now, yeah. and he has more potential there. So I think they have sort of that proven track record with defensive ends that they could appeal to him a little bit. So that's the big story we're looking at come signing day. That's coming up Wednesday. Be sure to check out all our coverage on orangefizz.net. All right. One last football thing before we get into some other basketball things. Some news that came out on, I think this broke late Friday night. It was like midnight. It was like midnight, 1 a.m. But Abdul Adams and Tristan Jackson, uh, an Oklahoma running back transfer and a Michigan State wide receiver transfer, both former four star guys. Two of the highest rated players on the Syracuse team are now both going to be eligible to play in the Camping World Bowl on December 28th. That is, <laughs> I mean, that, that's welcoming news. I think if you're a Syracuse fan, you're thinking like, oh, wow, like that's awesome. But at the same time, you got to wonder how much they're actually going to play. Yeah. If they don't play in this game, I would not be I surprised. wish there was some way to ask Dino this question in, in the coming days, but 
I would say, just based on nothing but sort of like racking my brain on what I'm thinking Dino's racking his brain on, they're probably not going to play. But I don't know. I mean, on one hand, it's kind of cool to like have their first game for Syracuse be a bowl game, and it could be... And because of the redshirt rule, the new redshirt rule, they can play in up to four games. This would just be game one for right. them, so they, they maintain they all eligibility. Yeah, it wouldn't sacrifice anything other than the fact that they haven't gotten used to the system. I mean, they've you been around the program. you got to wonder what type of game shape they're in Right, as well. that's the thing. Like, If they played, it would be no more than 10, 15 snaps, I would guess. You're risking injury almost at a certain point based right. on how little they've played, how little contact they've taken. I'm sure they've gotten hit in practice and so forth, but not game speed. They just couldn't have simulated what this speed will be like. It is a huge game for the program, bigger than a normal bowl game. We've kind of joked on this podcast in the past how bowl games are sort of irrelevant. It's just what game you get, not the outcome of the game. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. But in this scenario for Syracuse, given where the program's at, a win would be pretty monumental. I mean, nothing crazy, but it'd be good to see, sort of put the cap on a nice first good year with Dino Babers, year three, all that. So there's some value to winning this game, which means there's some value to playing the most talented roster out there. I just don't see them playing more than, you know, a little bit here and there if they do play. So my big thing with this, too, is, again, I've joked around, not even joked around, I've made my point made that bowl games really aren't very meaningful at all unless you're yes. in the college football playoff. I'm a big proponent that they're, that the college football playoff should be 24 teams, but that that's a whole <laughs> other that's a you, whole other you story. You could spend an hour on that. Right. So... The way that I see this, again, it may not mean anything for fans and stuff like that, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything to some of these players. For Eric Dungy, this is this is what he worked his entire college career Absolutely. for right here. He's, he's going to want to go out on top. For Jamal Custis, this is what, he's been around for five years in a program that's been in the dumps right. for nearly He eight, sacrificed playing basketball. Almost 100% that, yeah. of that. If you're saying that this doesn't mean anything to those guys, Dante Strickland too, It's just wrong that it doesn't mean anything to those guys. So, that being said, I just don't see a scenario where Dino Babers would take away playing time from those guys in this moment in order to get a little glimpse of what the future might look like. I don't think it it happens. I think you owe it to these older guys that these new players in Jackson and Abdul Adams don't play. It's also kind of unfair to Jackson and Abdul Adams a little bit because they committed to Syracuse so that with the idea that, like, you know, they'd have a full offseason, get themselves ready for game shape and all that, and then they'd not just have one fluky game to sort of prove. Like, if Abdul Adams goes out, struggles a little bit. Goes, like, five carries for seven yards. And fans are just, like, all over him. That's unfair because you can't react to what he's done so far and you can't react to just this one game. It'd just be a difficult situation to thrust both those guys into and also you'd be taking away reps from some of the other guys. All right, so that's certainly a, a situation to monitor for the bowl game that's coming up in December 28th. Syracuse, West Virginia. Should be fun, even though it doesn't seem like West Virginia really cares at all. (laughs) It's just like the UCF-Auburn game last year. You can't tell me that Auburn actually cared. No, they didn't. You think that'll be the case with UCF-LSU a little bit this year? It could be. Yeah, It really could be. I hope it's just like, can someone prove that UCF doesn't belong? (laughs) Someone silence the noise, please. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, time to get into a couple segments here. Well, let's just start with something that you and I came up with uh, not too long ago. Right. And we're like, hey, we, we should do this on the on the FizzCast. So Syracuse has really gotten gypped these last couple of years, <laughs> or not gypped, but or have had people lose. Just strange circumstances in terms of recruiting, and then right. guys that come here and then leave. So we thought we'd just fill everyone in on, on what's been happening. So To those I, guys, yeah. I think the first big one that we have to start with is Jordan Tucker. Because, again, this is like the Quad A Green situation that's going to be the case in a year from now. But since he transferred after the first semester, he had to sit out two semesters. Again, they say it's a year, but it's actually just two semesters that he had to sit out. And so he missed last semester and the semester before that at Butler. Finally eligible to play. And he plays in the Crossroad Classic against Indiana. Gets eight minutes, three points 
almost so. seemed like uh, the difference in the game for a while, <laughs> and then um, that was a Robert, wild end. Robert Finnessy hits the buzzer beater from about yeah. twenty eight feet. Anyone out. who didn't see that, just go look up the go YouTube Google video. It. Yeah, you it can pause this and, and go fi- figure that out. But. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Tucker getting some minutes. I mean, you in, know, in game one, he's I'm sure progressively grow. grow a little bit, but. <laughs> We know he's talented. He was right around carry in terms of rankings, different classes. A little ahead of, of us. Yeah, I mean, he, he would have been the top recruiting Top 35, class, I think. Yeah. So, he went to Duke for a reason. Coach K liked him for a reason. Syracuse was after him for a reason. He's going to blossom into, I think, a very solid contributor for that Butler team. It'll just take some time. Right. Uh, next up, we've got Torian Thompson. I actually got a text from a friend. Really? <laughs> About Torian Thompson. He says, went to go watch Torian today. Six minutes, three fouls, and a tech. Shook nobody's <laughs> hand. Also stood way in the back, not even looking at anything in the huddle. I mean, if that's just not the Torian Thompson so, brand, then I don't know what is. He had two points, three fouls, one of them was a tech. What game? Who were they, <laughs> they playing? They played Rutgers. Oh, no. Did they lose that game? They they won that game by six. Well, I he did have seven. the game-winning assist in that in wild the... <laughs> Seton Hall-Kentucky game. Right, he did. He looked decent from what I saw of that game. That was a crazy game. I was watching a good chunk of that, but... I mean, we know who Torian Thompson is. He, he we could. He's the perennial right AAU player. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of offensive talent. So it would be nice to sort of throw him at the five right now. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. based on what we talked about in the first part of this podcast, right? They're kind of missing him, but he also just had a lot of a lack of defensive communication and never really adapted to the zone. We right. know he's talented, so best wishes to him. But he's kind of found a good spot in Seton Hall, I think. Now, the last one that we have to throw in This is breaking news. This is not breaking news. Yeah. Big news. Matthew Moyer. He got a start. (laughs) Making a name. First of all, let's just kind of go through the Matthew Moyer timeline. He wasn't supposed to be playing at all this year. He was supposed to have to redshirt, files a waiver, gets it passed by the NCAA. Because he already redshirted once. Right. So they were generous. So they were generous with it. And he gets to play right away. And I think he, he played his first game in like November or something right, like that. Right, he's played like six or seven games now. Um, he's played decent five, minutes in all of them, but gets his first start, 14 points in 20 minutes. Matthew Moyer game. Anchor it down. It was a Matthew Moyer. Anchor down. <laughs> it was a MSG caliber performance from him. Mm-hmm. And cool to see. I mean, he has talent, we know He looks that. like a different player. I think completely different. I, yeah, I think he's going to start the rest of the year, not only because he put up 14 points, but Darius Garland is probably out for the rest of the year, one mm-hmm. of their better forwards and one of the better players on Bandy, so they need him now. Bandy will maybe surprise some people in the SEC a little bit, and Moyer went to a team that at least is relevant, but also he can you know, start like he, he is himself. and make an impact. Yeah. And play his game he was a top 100 dude crazy that we're sitting here talking about that class of 2016 and Tyus Battle's the only one still at Syracuse right. I mean it's still and probably shouldn't still be at Syracuse yeah <laughs> I mean it boggles my mind because he would have you know we thought he was gone honestly of all the players you would have thought he would have been the most likely to leave because Thompson and Moore never really had NBA any NBA appeal Battle of course does but he comes back they bolt for transferring. Been a lot of transfers for Syracuse lately. I don't know if that's just coincidence. It's kind of been a thing for them for a while, and it's interesting to see how they pan out at other schools, but pretty good start for Matt Moyer. All right, and the last one. I'm going to give you a bonus right here. All right. Um, it is not Caleb Joseph. It is not anyone of that nature. Darius Baisley, zero points, zero assists, zero minutes. <laughs> so. what? Who do you play? himself oh you put the desk in, 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 in a new balance or yeah what is it, it was, yeah it's it's new, new balance, balance. Yeah. yeah 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 i was thinking reebok for a second but no, they yeah. all blend together <laughs> but, it's all the same anyways yeah last thing we should get to here because this is way too funny to pass up the carnage <laughs> the angry on the orange fizz twitter account it's the uh silver lining oh, from man. games like yesterday let's just i mean I'm just going to go through some of these. I don't even know where to start. Right. Um, just rip them off. The Okay, we'll start with the poll. Of the factors Coach Beheim touched on following SU's loss to Old Dominion, what are you most concerned with after watching Syracuse come up short? Lack of ball movement leads the way at 45%. Lack of production from big men at 44%, and then free throw shooting at 11%. Not too worried about free throws. 
and then everyone else. <laughs> I mean, the comments are great here. How about all the above plus bad coaching? They're how about just putting blame on? Bayheim. How about putting blame on himself for not running any resemblance of an offense out there? They stand around the three point line and don't move. Is that what he teaches in practice? Can I'm I really select all. Sorry, Greg Willis. <laughs> good job. That was a funny one. Um, I'm really concerned that we have no one outside of Ty's battle who can play d- basketball at the Division One level. By the way, <laughs> to select all, just open up your burner accounts, guys. It's right. not that hard. <laughs> it's been done before. Yeah, Kevin um, Durant. Stagnant offense. Someone other than Tyus needs to be able to make a move inside and either score or kick it. This just passing around the three-point line isn't working, and I'm sure JB is in everyone's ear about it. I don't think this is Jim Beheim's fault offensively. No. John Wall 44, John underscore Wall 44 said, um, how about God horrific coaching? A little too far. I mean, I, I don't think this is the coach. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where, like, if you're a parent and you're watching your, your 11, 12-year-old kid do algebra, you see it right in front of you. You know that they are capable of solving these types of equations. And it's not that hard. You know they can figure it out. You've seen them do it before. And then they just go out there and just keel over on the test. And they bring home like right. a 75%. And you're like, dude, what, what have we been doing Like working on your homework at home? Right. Where you ace through it. And then you go out there and just choke on the test you can I, lead a horse to water can't make him drink it right, right? exactly and i think that's that's kind of what's happening right now i i listen i know offense is not necessarily jim Beheim's mo it's always going to be thought of as a defensive team as long as the yeah. two three zones in place but it's not like this guy doesn't know what offense is he's been so, coaching over 40 years I actually think there's some sophisticated responses, and I shouldn't say that too surprised. But, I mean, there's there's some actually, like, besides the classic, like, angry fans, mm-hmm. we've got a couple people that shouted out the center position and sort of the mindset around it. Jay June says, latest center recruits have all been long, thin, and very raw. Wish they could land a bruiser, similar to Rick Jackson on Oahu, to mix in. Having two different types to throw out there in the middle will be nice to D-Band Pascal are virtually the same player. I agree with that a lot. Yeah. That's a great take because and, I get it. You're recruiting for the zone, so you want someone that can cover some ground and get out to the wings and cover that short corner three, which we saw Pascal pick up a foul trying to do uh, yesterday because he was late in the process and fouled Stith. But you also need to factor in that these guys got to score, man. I mean, they have not recruited an offensive-minded center, and I guess they, they've recruited him. Isaiah Stewart would be an example of that, but – they're not getting them. And, you know, Q's thought says, how about recruiting, all caps, a real center, all caps, and getting him to actually commit? So kind yeah. of falls under the same thing. They've gone after a lot of centers, but even like John Bull Jacques. It's not. It's just going to be Brahma Sidibe all over again. Yeah, he's just sort of that like, again. but you just got to have some offensive talent. And I know centers are not going to be hey, ball that's handlers what, and stuff, but come on. I mean, you, you want your Orinze Onowaku, your your that type of player? I mean, it's kind of staring you in the face with Isaiah Stewart. And oh, yeah. Even though Syracuse, if I had to guess, probably doesn't end up getting Stewart, he's that type of player that could change everything that you do offensively next year. Right. He's the only one uh, yeah. that, that you've really gone it's after. It's a tough, you know, they've got to be... Defense is so important to what Syracuse wants to do recruiting-wise. And their length, and they got to be able to cover ground. In order to play that anchor part of the zone, you can't just be like the guy Albert Robinson the third yesterday for Old Dominion, who's 285-7-1. He wouldn't be able to play that spot or play the back half of the zone and get out to those corner spots of the three or cover the area he needs to. So you got to recruit a specific type. But like that guy said, Jay June, a lot of thin, raw guys – Maybe just get a little more polished products offensively, and that could help in both areas. All right. Any last thoughts? Go go Syracuse over Buffalo. They need it. I don't know. I, I think, mean, yeah. must win. Both you and I think that's going to be a win. Yeah. But, all right. That's going to do it for us here on the FizzCast. As always, check us out online at Orange Fizz. Also online, orangefizz.net. We'll get you all covered for National Signing Day this week. That's coming up on Wednesday. Until then, talk soon.